All right, good morning. Awesome day to be alive. And let me know if the mic is causing any issues, otherwise I can always go the handheld as well. So, Well, good morning. My name is Joey Rackstead. I'm going to deliver uh, the message today. I have the honor and privilege of doing that. And, um, you know, I've been part of Harvest, my family, uh, with, with Harvest for probably, I think, a dozen or more years now. So it's been quite a long time. It's been a blessing, uh, a place of growth, and, you know, it's, it's a place where we're family. And so I just, if you're, if you're visiting today, I want to welcome you. Um, I'm not the pastor, so come back another time and hear him preach, because you might be even more blessed. And I just want to thank uh, Pastors Mike and Rhonda as they're away today, um, getting refreshed, doing some fun things with family and whatever else they're doing. I just pray a blessing on them today, and, and I just want to thank them for giving me the opportunity to come up here and speak and to share my heart, and for really trusting someone to come up here and steward what... Um, what, the, what they've been doing for the Lord for so long. So it's a real blessing, and I don't take it lightly. You know, as we were worshiping, um, I don't know about you guys, but man, like I'm just, I'm just wrecked from the mercy of God from that, from that worship set. And, and how important is it for us just to take time and not be in a hurry and remember how gracious he's been to us, right? Man, this is not about us. It's all about him. And um, before I jump into my, my, my topic today, I really want to just share with you guys something that the Lord told me to share about encouraging you. Um, and I'll just share a little bit of my story to encourage you, because um, for a lot of people, you know, say, are you ready? Are you prepared to speak? Are, are these different things? And, and the answer is yes. And why? Why is it a yes? Because I gave him my yes. I've already given him my yes. It's not a question mark. Am I ready? I'll tell you, worship, if you want to get ready to speak, just worship. It gets your eyes off yourself. And so anyway, but I really want to share a little bit, like, you know, I wasn't always um, someone who would want to come up and speak and come up and, and share and have, have the clarity to do that and the, the presence of mind to do that. Um, because when I was young, I was shy. I was quiet. And so within this, I want you to hear this, my testimony, a little bit of my story, to encourage you and what the Lord's called you to do in, in areas to speak into. So, but man, I turned my life to Lord fully probably seven or eight years ago. Before that, I went to church and did all the good things, and, but I was still, still double-minded. And since then, I, I pursued the Lord. I went after the Lord. Not perfectly, not 100%, not every single moment every day, but it's a yes and it's a going forward, right? Does that make sense? And there's a few key things within that that really taught me and helped me grow. I don't think it likes this. Um, but it taught me and helped me grow through the years, um, getting to the point where I am now, and being able to confidently proclaim the Word of God and stand in front of people. And one of those things was I got in a group of men. Okay, so guys, this is a little call to you. Don't be an island unto yourself. I got into a group of men, and I was there for a couple of years, and we met every other week on a Tuesday night. And this is, this is before, and I had, I'm not talking about the group I led. I met with these men, and I learned to be in a group, of, like a family setting in someone's home. And I sat there, and we talked about the Word of God. We shared the struggles. They shared their struggles. We were open. Rod knows. We were open. We were honest. And I learned to speak and, and to share part of who I am. I started to learn to speak and to encourage people. I started to learn to care about people outside myself. 
and began to say, it's okay. Like, I am who God created me to be. And selfishness, slowly, is still being taken out, but it was taken off my life. I started to open up. Because before, I was aimless, I was isolated, and I was selfish. That could have described me really well. But then I turned to the Lord. He gave me purpose. He brought me into relationship because I had walls before. So once I had the walls down between me and him, then the wide walls could open up to other people, right? So you need to receive that from the Lord. And so anyways, that group was an awesome catalyst for learning to communicate and pray. So one thing, if I have a heart for men and everyone, but for men to learn to pray. If you want to learn how to speak, you need to learn how to speak to the Lord first, okay? You need to learn to speak to the Lord alone. You need to hear from the Lord through his word, and you need to cultivate that. It isn't natural. It isn't natural. You learn to speak to the Lord, and then you need to learn to speak when you hear the Lord and you speak what he tells you to speak. That could be in a simple conversation, or else it can be actually in prayer for someone else and declaring life into their lives. And so anyways, that, that was an awesome part of my story, a catalyst for growth, and obviously throughout my church history here, so many different little opportunities. And when I learned to say yes to the Lord, then he can take you into what he wants to take you into. I'm going to talk about that in my message today a little bit. Um, but little by little, you just take a little step and say, I got, I, I got enough faith for this, right? I got enough faith to give this much. I got enough faith to say this word. I got enough faith to step out and pray. I got enough faith to lead a, a life group or a small group and, and these different things. And you just start to be, be faithful in saying yes to the things he's calling you into. And so in a shameless plug, that men's ministry or that group um, just kind of, it, it turned into a men's ministry which called Kaleo Initiative. So quick shameless plug, we do have a worship night coming up in October in the community. And then also for men in January, we have our annual men's retreat. Anyone been to the men's retreat? Woo! And so anyway, so that's coming up. That's a shameless plug. I'm excited for it. It's January 26th through 28th. 2024, and um, I can say for myself, you know, I'm on the leadership team, so I have to plan and organize, but I've heard countless testimonies of men coming and choosing to come and, and, and set apart that time, and then it, it doesn't have to be the retreat, but if you set apart time, he will do something. He'll meet you. When you go and step out and you seek him in faith, he's going to meet you in that place, and I got so many testimonies from that, so if the Lord leads you, come join us in that, and um, so, but anyway, so with that, I want to move on. You know, big part of my story is, again, I, knew, I began to know God personally. And if you want, to, you want to know what to speak and have the confidence to speak something, you better know why you're speaking it and where the authority comes from. So if I'm trying to come up here and I'm going to start speaking from my own opinions, right, those are fallible. But if I, if I can base it in the Word of God and then what He's then, you know, watered within me, I put the word in, he waters it, and he causes it to have life, and I see that fruit, I can speak to you from the experience of that fruit, right? It's from experience, not my own experience, but experience seeing life coming from his word in my life. And so anyway, so I want to keep moving, but anyways, personal evangelism, evangelism for me is one of the most exciting things I've ever been able to do, just going out and preaching and reaching out to people in a heart of compassion. If you want to change the way you think, and break off selfishness, go do that. Seriously. And just find someone, because he's got his eyes looking for these, these lost sheep. And I love Dave McIver's new book. It's, it's called Looking for the One. 
If you haven't read it, go pick it up. It'll inspire you to look for that person. And because um, the Holy Spirit's not shy, right? He's not. He's not fearful, and he's not limited by human understanding. So if we can step, it's about faith. And I, I heard the word yes when I was worshiping. It's about giving Jesus, giving the Lord our yes. And just giving him lip service, just hearing and giving lip service isn't enough. It, the, wise, the wise man who built this house on the rock, right, it was the one who heard the word of God, and then he went and did it. That's wisdom. That's wisdom. And so, Lord, Lord help us do that. And um, so, anyways, when I'm up here speaking, I, I really don't feel the pressure. The pressure's on him, right? If, if I'm speaking from my own um, abilities and different things, and I have a lot of pressure, I have a responsibility, but the pressure's on God. The authority comes from his word. And so, in all this, my confidence is that his grace is sufficient for me, for his power is made perfect in my weakness. And that's a, that's a, that's a trade that I'm going to make every single day. Every single day. And so anyways, my, within that, I just, uh, that's an encouragement for you guys. Don't, I'm not saying I'm a great speaker. I'm just saying, I'm just saying yes. I want you guys to be able to say yes to the Lord. And so I want to encourage you in that. Speak from experience for the Lord. Just speak by faith. Step out in whatever area he's calling you to. Because every single one of us, has, of us has a testimony, right, of the glorious transformation of the gospel. That's what we sang about today. And that's what it's all about. And so don't allow the enemy to silence you from speaking. This is for young people right here. Like you, you're able to speak. You have something from the Lord. You can speak in a word of encouragement. Speak, speak in faith. Begin to pray for people, young people. Don't be silent. I, I just really, don't, don't discredit yourself either. Who are you to discredit you? Like Christ paid his own blood to purchase you because you're valuable, right? Because he has purpose that he wants to put inside of you. So don't discredit yourself. It's not, it's not okay. And our speech is to be seasoned with salt, not silence. Okay, it doesn't work that way. And uh, so, speak in faith. And um, so with that, that was just a little encouragement I felt to give um, before I jumped in my message. But I had a really good time with the Lord preparing this message. And, um, you know, for me, I think I get the most benefit from this. Selfishly, I really do, because I get to spend that time with the Lord. And I get to learn from him. I get to learn, and I get to put this stuff deep down, and I get to articulate and meditate upon his truths, and I get to listen to him as he teaches me and leads me into these things. So, and what he's been doing in my life is kind of the why, why I chose this message, and it's called The Consecrated Life, but he's really brought me into a season of desiring him again. Because for some of us, you say, I've never been there. Hopefully not. Hopefully you have. But for others of us, we've been there, and then we did something else. We got sidetracked, right? But he's calling us into a season of consecration. I've seen this in his body lately more and more. He's that he's bringing every single one of his children into a deeper consecration, meaning a set apart unto himself. He's cutting things off. He's bringing freedom that some have never had. He's, 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 he's doing the work of salvation, the fullness of salvation, not just trying to get you into heaven one day, but like doing a work, a work of the gospel, the power of the gospel transforming lives. And he's doing it in his church. And so I'm really, really excited. And that's my heart cry right now is, Lord, set me apart. Don't let me go off and do my own thing. Don't let me be distracted. Don't let me spend my life in ways that aren't honoring to you and that aren't, you know, furthering your kingdom. And obviously, choosing to serve God isn't easy. 
And we'll talk about some of those difficulties today, but you know what? We're going to do it. We're going we're gonna to testify to the Lord of his goodness, of, uh, to the world of the Lord's goodness, aren't we? Like, no matter what. It doesn't have to be eloquent, it doesn't have to be pretty, but we're going to speak. We're going to testify. We're going to proclaim and declare the goodness of God, the salvation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so with that, this is the consecrated life. Um, my desire this morning is that uh, this message would provoke you by the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit to step into lives set apart to God through Christ Jesus. Through Christ Jesus. And um, I don't know if this is going to work for me. I'll try it here. Otherwise, I'll just next slide, please. Thank you. So 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10 declares this. He says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Somebody say hallelujah, because that is amazing. But I, pointed, I want to point out a few things here. It says, chosen, he chose you. He's caused you to be a royal priesthood unto him, a holy nation for his own possession, and he's the one who called you. Amen. Hallelujah. With that, I want to pray. So, Lord God, I just, uh, I just humble myself. I'm humbled that you would, uh, you would love me and you would call me your son. I'm humbled that you would send your son, Jesus, to take my place, to live the life I never could, so that I could be in relationship with you forever. I thank you for the blood. I thank you for your spirit alive within us. I thank you for moving this morning. I thank you that you're going to speak this morning. And I submit to you in all things, in the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> all right. So what is consecration? I'm not going to do, this is not a deep theological dive, but a basic definition is dedication to God's service. To be separate or set apart. Holy to the Lord. And for the sake of this message, the, 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 the point of kind of personal consecration, I have this, this phrase, the dedication of oneself to the will and unto the service and worship of God. And that's what it is personally. Other terms that could be used in close conjunction would be sanctification or holiness. Uh, but for me, what I've found for a lot of people is that those terms, those terms can really stir up feelings uh, and ideas of self-abasement, works, and legalism. Now, that's not where we're going today. There's obedience and responsibility, but I'm not going to talk works and legalism. There's a difference here. Um, so right away, I just want to douse that fire and tell you this. In all of this, it is God's will, his plan, his power, and his invitation to enter the blessing and rest of consecration unto him. It's his will, his doing, and it's his invitation not to enter into striving in works. There's works that we have in righteousness, but into rest. There's a rest within this consecration. There's a blessing within it. And so, within that, we have a choice to respond. We have a choice to respond, and that's what part of what I want to talk about today is our choice within that. And so, moving along, 
This is a statement I want you guys to really remember and get a hold of is, it is God who consecrates and sets us apart unto himself. A lot of people think, well, I got to consecrate, I got to do this work so that now I'm good enough for God to then come in and, you know, accept me in these different things. That's legals and that's works. It's not by that. It's God's will, his purpose and his plan. We then have a choice to submit and surrender. Now, since the beginning, God, God, according to his will, has purposed and called, you know, throughout the Old Testament, throughout history, he's called so many people in the lives of consecration, and we must respond. Many rejected that call in their lives as well. I want you to know that. You can reject that call. Many have. Uh, but God has always had his remnant in each generation. Abraham, when he was called out of his homeland to come away and follow God, you know, he received the promise uh, that he would be the father of a great nation. In Genesis 17, 1 through 2, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. So first God calls Abraham out. He's separated from his homeland. Come and be separate. That, that was a step of faith. You look at that. Took everything he had, he left. Right? And then what did God do? He gave him Abram, Abram at that time a promise. But then Abram had to go through times of testing. It took a lot of faith. It took time. You know, Abraham then has the responsibility to walk before God blameless so that he could receive the covenant. That's a tall order. He didn't do it perfectly. You remember the story. And then, ultimately, though, God's blessing was able to come upon him greatly. You know, and looking at the, uh, the idea of consecration, this is the key, is that God's holy. God is holy. It, it, unto what? Why? He's a holy God. There has to be a setting apart, a cutting off of the old, and then made, things being made new and to come before the Lord and to be in his presence. He is holy. And in uh, the church nowadays, we have certainly lost the fear of the Lord. And um, I believe the fear of the Lord needs a renewal in the church. I need a renewal of the spirit of the fear of the Lord in my life. The Word of God says that Jesus rejoiced in the spirit of the fear of the Lord. He rejoiced in it. He rejoiced in that spirit, fear of God, the awe, the reverence, and the respect towards the living God. He is holy. So I just pray right now that, Lord, you would do that in each of our hearts, that we would come before you in fear and trembling again, recognizing you're the living God. There's no one else before you. You're the creator of heaven and earth. So place that upon us, God. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. In Jesus' name. So the beautiful thing is that God is a jealous God. He's with a pure desire for his people. It's not a jealous the way we're jealous. He's jealous. He says, no, I want the spirit. I desire the spirit that I placed within you. I desire for you to be in relationship with me. Why? Because he knows what we need. He knows what's best for us. It's him. He knows that. And for all of them, he longed to bring all of them, if you look into the Old Testament, even the, the Israelites is a great example. He longed to bring them to a place of safety, blessing, and growth. But all of those, all of those people, those, those, even those heroes of the faith, they had to come and be separated from the nations they lived in, from the culture, from the ideals, the idols. All those things need to be cut away so that they could come and walk in the light. So are you walking in the light as he is in the light? Or do you need things cut off? 
Now, within the the consecration, the temptation is that thinking we can do enough works and and things to become good enough to please God or even to be like God. Uh, But the story that we know and understand from the Word of God is that no matter what, God is the one who calls us and gives us the choice to enter into his consecration. It's by his power, by his grace. We can't do the work on our own. We needed a sacrifice. We needed someone to take our place. And that was Jesus. And the power of the Holy Spirit sets us apart to God. So from the Old Testament, I just one more, I want to touch on it once more, is that, you know, they had all the washings, you know, for the temple, for the, all the instruments used in the temple, for the priests, for anyone, the Levites, for anyone who's going to serve before the Lord. They had to do so many things to consecrate, to make holy, to set apart to the service of God. We dedicate this to the Lord. And all of it, I believe, was to show the holiness of God, but it's also to show someone who was coming. They had to sprinkle the blood. They had to sprinkle the blood on all the instruments for worship. They had to sprinkle the blood on the altar. They had to sprinkle the blood on Aaron and his sons. They had to then pour the oil over Aaron and his sons after they had washed and put on new garments. This is speaking of a new covenant. It's, it's pointing forward to Christ's coming. That's what it's pointing towards. And so, with all of those things that they had, that they had to walk through, it was all for them to, sh- to show them, really, you cannot meet these requirements on your own. Christ had to come. And the beautiful thing is that he did come. He gave us new heart and new desires. And the Lord wrote the laws upon our heart. Now we live by faith. So, God did not change from the Old Testament till now. He's still the same God. He just made a way by his mercy for us to be reconciled to himself. And that was his plan. Again, it's his plan. We're just walking into that. And so here's the good news. That's not, that's not it. That's a good song, though. I'll, I'll let you guys help me get to side five there. And in the meantime, I'll just go for it. So the good news is that we are consecrated by a new covenant and our new creations in Christ. And there'll be a slide for that at some point, I'm sure. So, we're consecrated by a new covenant. That's first. And we're now new creations in Christ. That, that's worth rejoicing in. All right, so 1 Corinthians 1, 30-31 says, And because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He became it all. So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Under the old covenant, again, they had to do all the consecration. Now you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the temple has to be consecrated. The temple had to have been washed by blood. The temple needed to have the anointing of the the Spirit on it, the oil. And we are that temple now. You're a royal priesthood, a chosen race for his own glory. And you're not, we're not our own. This is the point I want you to understand. We're not our own. My life is not my own. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. I'm a slave now to righteousness. Every instrument in my body is an instrument of righteousness. Holy to the Lord. 2 Corinthians 6, 16-17 says, And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, in light of that, 
Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. I mean, I don't want to get into it too deep, but there's things in this life today you and I had better be separate from. We, there are things in our culture that just because you're an American, just because you're a Minnesotan, just because you're an Alexandrian, just because you're a Norwegian, just because you're this or that or the other thing, you better cut and separate from the things that are not of God within every one of those things. Just because you're a, whatever your last name is, there might be things you need to cut away, cut away from and say, no, new family, still in love, but you got to set a line, you got to cut away. If there's things, I'll get into it. So, but we have a high priest. We have a high priest, Christ Jesus, who now went before us, and he stands, and there's a man standing in heaven, right? An intermediary. He, he is now our high priest, and now he stands before the Father, justified. And now we stand, it says we're seated in heavenly places, but we can stand in Christ, entering into the heavenlies before the throne of grace and approach God without shame, without fear, without the spirit of fear, but with awe. But we can approach boldly because we have a high priest who has gone before us. He is the forerunner. What a forerunner means is that the, like a, in the olden days, there was a ship and the forerunner would go to shore and he would actually anchor the line. Has anybody heard this before? He'd anchor the line to the, whatever, at the dock or the, the land and literally would pull, make sure that that ship was going to come in. And he has gone before us. He's the forerunner. And so, praise God. I have to read this, though. Hebrews 9, 11 through 14. Right? If you're taking notes, I encourage you to do that. And then you can certainly review some of these scriptures, which are so powerful. But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things that have come, then, through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by the means of the blood of goats and goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons, but cast, but he, sorry, by, by means of his own blood. By means of his own blood. That's why we sing about the blood of Jesus. He made a way into the heavenlies for us. And thus, by his own blood, literally, bringing it before the Father, placing it there, he has secured an eternal redemption. For if those, the blood of those goats and bulls and the sprinkling of the defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer, all the Old Testament things they had to do, would sanctify in that time for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works. No more dead works. Purifying our conscience before God. No more separation to serve the living God. And I want, to, I want to read this scripture as well, 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us then the ministry of reconciliation. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I want to step into the believer's responsibility. We have responsibility, like I said, in consecration. It's to submit to God. You have to surrender. That's our choice. We have a choice in this. To step into his will, we have to submit to God and to put off your old self. 
You got to put that thing off sometimes more often than not. But there's a, t- there's a time and a place where you put it off. I believe that's also in, in the baptism of water. You put off the old man. Amen? Water baptism's coming up, by the way. So if you've not been water baptized or you don't remember being water baptized, you don't know why you're water baptized when you were, do it. Ask the Holy Spirit if you should do it. And be consecrated, Lord. Be cut off the old man. So it says, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So now that we know we're in this new covenant, how do we continue to walk in the grace that's been so richly given to us? I just want to talk on a few points around what, what is a consecrated life supposed to be? What are ways to then walk into that? So first of all, the consecrated life is fueled. Oh, you guys have slides. I don't have slides. Okay. Let's go right here. All right. So the consecrated life is fueled in secret. The, con- the consuming fire of God, like we already said, he ignites, the li- ignites our life to start, but then we have the, um, a responsibility to maintain that relationship, to re- maintain our intimacy with God. And I believe that's really done primarily in one place first, and that's in the secret place. You might, some people might call it your prayer closet, uh, but really it's in your thoughts. It's in your, your inner man, your inner woman. Okay, this is the secret place between you and God, and also taking that time. We'll talk about that too. And this is where you found, really build your relationship with God. Like I said, I learned to talk to God. You need to learn to speak to the Lord. Amen? And a uh, quick little story. When we moved into our home a little over two years ago, this, our new home, and it took me, I was so busy doing all these things, and I felt the tug of the Spirit multiple times. He said, hey, you know that extra little room down in the, in the basement? Yep, I know where it is. I'm busy out in the garage. And he said, well, that room down in the corner basement, there's nothing in there. Yeah, nice room. Hey, you know that chair that the dog likes to sit on? Yeah, I like that chair. Put it in the little room. Yeah, that would, I'd like that. The dog wouldn't be on it then. <laughs> you know, it's like, but it took me almost a year and a half. Now, I, was, I spent time in the Word. I prayed. I did all the things. But he's like, you know, come and be, be alone with me. And I was, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? A little struggle here and there, but finally I did it. And then he'll tell you, you know, I get another space all myself, but they're welcome in there too. <clears throat> but, but he told me to go in there, be with him alone. That's a secret place, guys. And I'll read the word in there, I'll pray in there, I'll get on my face in there when nobody's around. It's not about anyone else, it's just me and him. And um, that's a place where you're going to find growth. Not if you go in there busy and you bring your phone and you do much random stuff. No, just go in there, be with him. So find a place. It's part of the fueling the fire of the consecrated life. We need oil in our lamps. That's the most important way I know how to add oil to that lamp is spending time alone with him in his presence and seeking his face. And then um, part of it is just a, it's a, it's a life of faith in that place. You have to be attentive to his voice. No matter what you're doing, be attentive to the voice of the Lord and the consecrated life often can be one of solitude. And I don't want to discourage you with that, with that but here's what I'm encouraged by when I, when I say that. A life of solitude, if you're ever alone, like here I am all by myself, you're not here, man, I'm bored. Nobody's around, nothing to do. It's just me. I'm lonely. Wish I was doing something fun. 
blah, blah, blah. But the reality is anytime you and I are alone, whenever you're alone, you're actually alone with the creator of the universe. It's the most important, most powerful opportunity any of us will ever have just to be alone with him. And that's his invitation. We can be alone and not be with him too. That's a choice. But he says, come to me. It's a beautiful, beautiful opportunity. There's no such thing as, as loneliness and boredom when you know the Lord. And so, but it is a, a life of solitude at times. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that, time, time permitting, but, but it's not a life of selfishness. The consecrated life is not a life of selfishness. Really, the consecrated life is being fully at the ready and disposal of the consecrator, right? It's not all about ourselves. You actually become less about yourself, and it's all about him. And when it's all about him, we're attentive to his voice. And like I said in the beginning, one who hears his voice and obeys is the one who builds his house on the rock. We listen, we obey, because he loves people. He loves people. So with that, uh, I just want to encourage you, there's power in that place. There's power in the hidden life. He wants you to come in that hidden life, the place where nobody else sees, and that's where he wants to build you. He wants to grow you in that place first. Then he, then he brings you out. And we'll talk a little bit about that. And so, you know, even as he called John the Baptist, I love this, he called John the Baptist in his mother's womb, right? And he filled him with the Spirit while he's in the hidden place of his mother's womb. Only God could see him. Only God knew him then. He knew him. He knew the call that was on his life. He put his spirit upon him even then. And then we see later on John the Baptist. He was consecrated, set apart unto God. He said, don't let him drink any strong drink. Don't do this. Don't do that. He'll serve the Lord. And it says later on, as, as the Lord called him out from the wilderness, that's where he was, called him out of the wilderness into the ministry that he prayer, had prepared for him. There's power in the hidden life. There's power in the places of of consecration, the seasons of consecration. All right. And with that, I want, to, I want to remind you that consecration always comes before calling. He always consecrates before he calls us into what he uh, has for us. Uh, you can't move forward in God's plans and purposes unless you're consecrated first. Otherwise, you'll always be going back and forth from God's plans to my plans, to the world's ideas, to God's word, to your wants, to what seems right at the time, and it's a never-ending cycle. We have to be set apart. A single-mindedness has to come upon us. And then um, we're learning to rely on him. Because if he puts you out here before you've actually learned to listen to his voice and respond and hear him and obey him, you're going to run amok. You're going to run amok. We need to learn to know him, to walk in his spirit here. And then he can use us. He'll send us out. The cross always comes before a crown within this, uh, this consecrated life as well can require commitment and conviction. But 2 Chronicles 69 says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is whole towards him. Single. Hallelujah. All right. But within that, we have to, again, make this choice and invite him to consecrate us and then be willing to pay the price. And there's a cost of consecration. The first one is time. We have things we want to do. We have things we want to, uh, all these different things. It's going to take time. That's the one commodity we all have, right? Right? And it's never late till it's too late, right? Never too late till it's too late. There's, there's going to be a time when you run out of time. 
And so we need to value that. We need to give him of our time and then our agenda. You know, again, I talk about selfishness. There's a single-mindedness. And really quickly, I want to say, if you desire um, the life of consecration, then you need to count the cost first. And one of those costs might be relationships. Um, you can't go along with the same things. You can't join the same activities sometimes. Um, here's one big one. You can't agree with everyone around you. You're not going to be able to agree with everybody around you. Why? Because you're listening and agreeing with one. You're following one. Right? The Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is always in line with the Word of God. Follow the Spirit of God. So again, I caution you to pay close attention to how many voices there are in your, and people in your life that want you to come into agreement with them. They're looking for your agreement to say, you're like me. You, 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 you agree with me, right? Well, let me check that. Let me, let me ask the Lord if that's where I need to go in my life. Let me ask the Lord. Right? You're, you're following one. You're agreeing with one. And if, obviously there's, there's issues with that in relationships then. But we can't lower our standards. You owe nothing to anyone but to love them. Keep yourself free from these blockages. It holds back the power of God and the flow of God in your life. Uh, certainly, we might be shunned, misunderstood. People won't always understand you if you choose this life. Just love them. Pray that they get encountered by the living God as well. So again, relationships. Uh, you're going to cost you some dreams, aspirations. They're, they're carnal anyway, so don't worry about it. And then it's going to cost you entertainment. Um, God doesn't care if you get your flesh entertained every Friday night and Saturday afternoon. So leave it at that. So, and then also persecutions will certainly come um, to those of us who represent Christ. He said, they will hate you because they hated me first. So it seemed, when it seems like everything that what you consider to be stable, stable in your life might be quaking, uh, then we're always given the opportunity to stand fully on the rock, which is Christ Jesus, and draw closer to him. And I want to say this, it can be difficult in families if you choose this lifestyle. Um, there can be resistance. People don't understand at times, and that's Okay. Again, continue to love, choose to love, and choose to follow one. Um, so with that, I want to jump into another quick, this, the Lord dropped this one in on me. I don't think I have a slide for it. It's actually consecrated community. I love so many words that start with C in this message. It's awesome. So much fun. But anyways, consecrated community. You need a community because, again, there's solitude, there's isolation in the, the consecrated life, but you need to find a consecrated community and I say, get some Jesus freak friends. Let's go. Anybody? You need somebody who loves the Lord. You need to find a group. Church. Don't be an island unto yourself. Out there being, I'm seeking God. I'm a monk in the hills. Like, that's great. That's great for some. Honestly, there's some that would do that. And God bless them if the Lord actually called them to do that. But you're called to come into then and minister and bless the community. But you have to have a community that is running after God. Find friends that love God more than you. Someone. Find someone. Find someone. And with that, there's joy in consecration. The joy of consecration. I can't, I can't explain to you in words the difference from living for myself to when I'm actually fully in love with the Lord and I have freedom, I have purpose, I have confidence, I have, I have meaning. I know the meaning of why I'm alive and what I'm doing. And for every choice I have in front of me, there's, there's meaning behind it. There's joy in serving him. When you can sense the pleasure of God upon you, 
Because if he consecrates and he calls you into something, and then you go do it in obedience, I'm telling you that is the most exciting and rewarding thing and place you can ever step into. And it's often a place of faith. But you sense the pleasure of God upon you. There's nothing else like it. There's nothing else. That's a reward like no other. He says, well done. I see you. I love that you're loving me and you're loving people in my name. He sees it. He loves it. And the the best thing, the goal of all of our our hearts should be to seek more of him. That's our reward, more of him. So the ultimate purpose of consecration from God's viewpoint is that consecration leads us into fullness of relationship and intimacy with him. That's his viewpoint. He wants to bring us in to this place. Certainly there's kingdom work to be done, but that's the first part. Uh, I don't have time for much of this, so... There's an amazing book called Abide in Christ by Andrew Murray. And if you can read some older literature, that one's just beautiful, just powerful. He talks about the life abiding in Christ, and he describes so many aspects of that. Uh, And I encourage you to go check that out. We're the branches, he's the vine. Abiding in Christ. Um, So again, for the sake of time, I'm going to run through this, the end of this a little quicker here. Yep, yep, yep. I'm about done. All right, so so when he becomes Lord of your life, the Lord of your existence, he becomes Lord, which means supreme in power and authority. He's the commander of your life. Then here's what does happen. His authority actually goes into full effect within you. Okay? Consecration, calling, his authority come into full effect within your life. Uh, Then we are able to operate within his authority with all that is his as he powerfully works within us. This is the gospel. This is the kingdom of God at work. And I'm telling you, the it's just the beginning. It's foundational. It'll never leave. You can't go away from it. But I'm telling you, it's the beginning. It's the building point for the kingdom. Consecrated lives unto the Lord. In Joshua 3, 5 through 6, Joshua said to the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. There's something to look forward to. There's there's things that God's going to do in and through your life and around you that he wants to, he says, I've got so much more fullness to pour out if my body, my church, would set themselves apart. This is the exciting life when you're useful to the master. So he's calling us to live on purpose, on fire, live as ambassadors, not as hired servants, but as children in the family of God. You and I are representatives from that first passage in 1 Peter a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. And so lastly, I want to finish by telling you this. I'm contending for this lifestyle personally because of this. I want to be the person that God can send in someone else's time of need. See, being prepared isn't just for you. Being consecrated isn't just for me. It's so that you can go. God has a calling for each person. Are you ready and prepared so that he can then send you over here? Are you ready and prepared? I want to be that person. My life's not my own. Here I am. Send me. Set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work from 2 Timothy chapter 2. Ready to be sent. There are good works for each of us before us. He's, he's already planned them before us to walk into. And one last thing, and then I want to invite the worship team up, but there's been several individuals in the past year, year and a half, that I've had the opportunity to deliver, uh, minister uh, deliverance to them. And I'm talking about deliverance. 
the actual deliverance. And um, here's the thing. Deliverance is so taboo in a lot of Christian circles because it's messy and people do it wrong and all this other stuff. But here's the thing. I, I know that the enemy doesn't want anyone to get wise to what he's doing. He doesn't want you to even think about it, look at it, and he knows most Christians are just scared of him and his cronies anyway. So I want to tell you he hates believers. I'm saying he hates believers. He doesn't care about Christians. He, hate, he hates believers. He, I know it because they tell us. The demons love, love to tell you. I hate it. Leave it. Leave. No, we're not going to leave. This person needs Jesus. We'll stay till 2 a.m. They need Jesus. Are you ready to be sent out to be consecrated for a work, for a useful purpose, to stand where God wants to stand, to go where he wants to go? First, get to know him. Get to know him. Um, yeah, worship team, come on up wherever you're at, and we'll conclude here. We have communion. I've, I don't want to take, I may have gone too long already, actually. So, so with that, um, you know, if you're saying to yourself, I agree with what you're saying, I want to live a consecrated life, I don't know how to start, this is a quick practical advice. First, it requires a choice. Make a choice. You can't be double-minded. You can't, you can't stay here. You can stay there forever. You can't. If you want to live this life, you have to make a choice first. Don't be double-minded. Make a decision. Choose this day whom you will serve. And it will require a season of separation and immersion. I'm, I'm saying it requires immersion. Just take like, doesn't just take like, yeah, today I'm just going to be consecrated. Like, no, no. Cut away. Take a season. Dive in. Separate yourself. Get into this for a year. Just get in there. Get into that secret place. Find that place. Make that place. Immerse yourself in that place in prayer and practicing the presence of God, listening to his voice, worshiping the Lord, getting washed in our, the truth, washing our mind and our soul. All right, hallelujah. So my last, last one right here. One more. Can we go one more slide, please? I think that's, I think there's one more. Yes, thank you. So the consecrated life is not optional. It's for every believer. You think it's just for so-and-so, it's just for Pastor Mike, it's just for, you know, it's just for Steve and Angie and, and it's for Kim. And it's, no, 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 it's for every believer. It's for every single believer. Come on. It's for everyone who wants to serve God and know God. It's not just for full-time ministry. It's each person who's been crucified and buried and raised with Christ who's a new creation. It's not too late. Start today. If you've drawn back, step toward him today, towards him today. He's calling. And with that, I want to offer you an opportunity right now. First, if you don't know Jesus, this Jesus I'm talking about, you've heard about him, you've gone to church, but if you don't know what this even means, I've never even heard that there's such a thing as a consecrated life. I want to give you an opportunity today to give your heart to the Lord, to receive Jesus as your Savior. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Even in this moment, it's not about saying a prayer, it's not being in a church, it's not coming to an altar, it's not listening to someone tell you to do something, you do it. No, your heart says, I'm coming to you, God, by faith. That's the bridge. Jesus, Jesus is already the way. He's already the door open. He's now the way. Step in there by faith. Step in there by faith. And he who sins is, is a slave to sin. If you need freedom, freedom from sin in your life, you need to repent today. You need to repent. There's freedom here. There's no judgment here. There's freedom here. There's freedom here. We accept the call to come out and be separate. 
submit to this consecration, this refining fire of God, as he desires to lift you from the pit and place you in his presence. He's the only one that can make you and I clean. He's the only one that can make us holy before him. So with that, if you want to give your life to Jesus, why don't you all just stand with me this morning in a spirit of reverence before the Lord. And I'm not going to make you do anything this morning. I do, if you, if you do accept the Lord this morning, I want you to tell somebody. That's it. Tell somebody. Or now, let's pray. If you want to pray with me, you certainly can. Say, Lord Jesus, I've sinned. I've fallen short. But I thank you right now that you, Jesus, you took my place. You took my sin. You took my shame. You took me out of the pit to place me in your presence. God, I repent. I turn from my ways and I turn to you, Lord. Cleanse me. Renew a steadfast spirit in me. And God, right now, I consecrate myself. I cut myself off from the world. I renounce it. I renounce Satan. I renounce culture. I submit to you, Lord Jesus. Take my life. Use it, Lord. Bring me deeper into knowing you. In Jesus' name, amen.